Hello, Podwalkers, and welcome back to another episode of the Goblin Lore Podcast. Uh, this is Hobbs Q. Uh, Alex will not be joining us this week. He is actually out of town, and he was away at a D&D weekend with some friends. So I have asked a guest to come on and kind of join us. Before we did that, I want to acknowledge that this episode is likely coming out at the last week of August, um, probably the around the 31st or the first week of September. September is kind of the other main month that we we in the past have focused on mental health, uh, in part because it is Suicide Prevention Month. And I, I'm not sure if our topics are going to fully cover that area just because of uh, past recordings that we have done and just stuff that we already had planned ahead for once. But I wanted to acknowledge that September is Suicide Prevention Month. Um, and it's also a good time to just let people know if they didn't that the main line, uh, so the main crisis line nationally has changed um, to 988. Uh, the reason that this is kind of hopefully going to be a good change is it's less digits that people have to remember um, because the other one was a full 1-800 number. And it is simply just 988. Uh, if you were, if you're a veteran or somebody that is military related listening to this show, you may know that with the old line, you just pressed one and you could get straight to the veterans crisis line. This uh, 988, same thing, you just press one. So I wanted to acknowledge that uh, as we are going into September. So today, we wanted to just give a shout out before we begin to the Grinding Coffee Company. Uh, they are a LGBT minority owned uh, coffee brewer and, uh, well, roaster. And um, they are people that really support gamers and they've really supported our charity work that we've been doing. So we wanted to give them a shout out. And then today, I just wanted to start off by introducing our host. So we have with us, if well, I guess if you're new to the show, my name is Hobbs Q. I can be found on Twitter at Hobbs Q, and my pronouns are he, him. Today, we have with us the godfather of EDH. So, and I always think that it's really nice that people call you the godfather and not the grandfather. So I think that is a really nice thing. Um, yeah. And that is uh, somebody that I'm also fortunate enough to call a friend, and that, that's Sheldon Mennery. So. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, I'm happy people use use uh, Godfather instead as well. For, for more of a like movie perspective, or just that that doesn't make you feel quite as old. Um, well, you know, it's a it's a term of respect, and uh, we live in a world where we could use more terms of respect. Okay, I I appreciate it, and we know Cranko. You know, Cranko is basically a Godfather, so. You know, that's, 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 that's good company to be in. It's, it's uh, your podcast, I'm not going to argue with you. <laughs> well, then this is going to be a horrible episode. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. So, so Sheldon, welcome to the show. Uh, we normally do kind of an intro question and I, I just decided to ask you simply point blank, what's your favorite goblin in magic? And if you even like goblins, I don't know if people know. Um, I mean... Uh, I, I'm certainly not the goblin fan that you are. <laughs> um, that uh, leaves a big chasm, though, between. I'm, I am. Uh, I'm. Fa I'm fairly neutral on goblins, but my favorite goblin in all of magic. Um, you know, it's easy to go with your Kiki Jikis or your Squeeze. Who, by the way, uh, my friend Dan Sheehan wrote a very, very good uh, story about on the mothership. So go check that out. Um, that and stick around as he will be on Goblin Lore Podcast <laughs> very shortly very nice. to talk about um, that very story. <laughs> but I would say my favorite my favorite goblin is Grumgully the Generous. 
<sighs> That's um, a good choice. Because Grumgoey Grumgoey is nice. You know, Grumgoey just likes to give stuff away. Yep. To to like fellow non-humans. Like you don't even need to care about goblins in general and you get to play green. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. So why only neutral? Or or I guess if neutral on goblins are are creature-based strategies of creature type something that you are neutral on in general or is there just other creature groups that you would prefer to yeah and i mean um as a not from a from a game mechanic point um i think goblins are just easy yep and for a veteran player for a veteran player <laughs> they're they're difficult it's difficult to explore compelling strategies with them because they do a thing they do an extreme thing extremely well um but you know i've been watching goblins do the same thing in magic for 30 years now and, and I, I guess you're saying turn sideways and just hit things over the head yeah okay um and make more goblins and make more goblins so i yeah i i'm just um from a mechanical standpoint i'm just i'm kind of meh on goblins um but creatures creature base and tribal strategies are fine with me um i you know uh, i have a number of tribal decks you know i've got a cat deck i have a dog and cat deck um, <laughs> i have an i have an elemental deck so you know the 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 idea of tribal is fine with me um and of course i'm a big fan of creature based strategy in fact of my 62 decks I'm not sure that there's one that I wouldn't call a creature-based strategy. See, it, uh, I would contend that goblins have moved into the realm that the difference being the new thing that you can do is they they have become a combo deck. I mean, there is legitimate combos to 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 play with them. Uh, thanks to um, Conspicuous Snoop really allowing us to kind of do shenanigans off the top of the library uh, with kiki cheeky and, and the like but there's there's ways to combo and turn them into a combo deck but i would agree with you that they they do what they do and and i would yeah. say most of the main tribes in magic do those th things i mean I, the ones that you listed are not necessarily what i would think of as kind of being the the prototypical they are definitely more on the fringe yeah i mean i'm i'm also very i'm also very shoulder shruggy shruggy on elves and on vampires um and, you know, just on all those tribes that had been de done to death. Mm -hmm. um, uh, yeah. That's fair. And, and <clears throat> I certainly don't want to yuck the yum of anybody who loves those tribes. Uh, they're just not necessarily for me. Well, you know, we we brought you in. I mean, knowing that Commander was likely to, to is going to come up in different ways. But, you know, the I, I I've just been interested to see... So the, the idea for this episode, why I approached Sheldon, um, as as people may know, I I don't like to make assumptions, but you know Sheldon is a a pretty well known and pretty vocal and open figure in our community. Um, that you know he's had some struggles with health over the past. I don't actually know how many years at this point. Because almost, I was trying to look back. Almost six years. Okay, that yeah, I I was really thinking the last four and so so that's that's about kind of where i'm at but i mean this was prompted after after richmond um in particular that i i kind of because you weren't able to go right mm -hmm. like 
if, if people don't know, Sheldon had kind of a health scare at right before Richmond. Um, <laughs> yeah, to say the least. To, to, to say the least. Uh, and, and like I said, and, and one of the things I appreciated was that when you were able to, you were you were just very open about what had happened, right? Mm-hmm. And one of the things that you've been doing lately is, you know, I see you, you're traveling to events, which is fantastic. It's great to see. Um, one of the reasons I wanted to personally go to Richmond was to get to see you. Uh, you know, on, on top of the pandemic, I, I have not seen you in a very, very long time. And it was kind of an opportunity. Yeah, it certainly has been a number of years. Yeah. So one of the things is, I, my thought is, knowing your battle with cancer in particular, and just want, thinking, knowing in the Goblin Lord Discord, this is something that has come up a lot, is how chronic health conditions affect people's ability to engage with their hobby or even change their relationship with their hobby. And that was kind of the kicking off point of this, realizing, you know, you, you missed what, you know, Richmond in some ways for, a, for I would say a good portion of the community was like, there had been Vegas, but this was kind of the, the kickoff of the new command fests. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. And, you know, there, there was a lot of just going into that, you know, wanting to come see the, the creators. And I, that alone, this idea of going to an event to see the creators is fantastic. It's something that I am very excited to see. It's new. And so it was something that you weren't able to, to travel to specifically because of this, the, the health concerns, mm-hmm. because of the, the effects of the cancer. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was um, uh, an event that I agree was the kickoff of the new sort of the 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 post pandemic 1.5 uh season and uh i was looking forward to getting together with a with a lot of people and reconnecting after you know to and it's been two years and change right since we since we've seen each yeah since we've we've seen each other at events so um missing that missing that hurt right it was it was um Something that I couldn't ignore having to emotionally deal with while I was deal, dealing with the other things. Um, and the short version, the short version of what happened to me, uh, if for those folks who are interested is that, um, the, the lesion in my throat or the, where the original cancer was, um, started to grow again and, um, put me in a fair amount of pain. So my doctor, in um, hopes of dealing with the pain, which was pretty significant, I, um, I'm not going to lie, uh, put me on a relatively heavy dose of fentanyl, um, which unfortunately uh, was too heavy of a dose, and it suppressed my breathing and... Um, systems to the point where um <clears throat> the day after i started taking it um my wife found me um cyanotic and not breathing so she did exactly what she was supposed to do called 911 got me to the hospital they revived me and um uh, unfortunately i spent you know i spent a couple of days there and then as they made sure i was okay and um Got me on the mend. So Richmond was 
that was like two weeks before Richmond. So I just, uh, at that point, as a matter of fact, when Richmond happened, I think I had the stamina and strength to go, although I would have been, you know, do a couple of hours at the show, rest for a couple of hours kind of schedule. Um, but I couldn't talk yet. Um, my, I, I had lost my voice for most of two months until um, they started giving me treatment, which reduced the size of the lesion uh, in my throat. Right. And, and I mean, I know that that had come up even, like you said, before Richmond, but one of the things that we've been doing during the pandemic is streaming magic. And you and the RC have taken kind of, you know, really put yourself out there to be streaming multiple days a week. And you were having to step back even from that piece with just due to speech. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in addition, in addition to like the spot growing, um, the immunotherapy that I'm on also has the occasional side effect of, of swelling my tongue, which makes talking difficult. But yeah, I had, I had pretty much lost my, most of my voice even before this incident happened. Um, just because of, uh, you know, what was, what was going on, on in there, um, clinically. Um, and I'm sure, I'm sure most of you can hear it now. Anybody who, um, anybody who knows known me you, yeah, from the past, um, uh, you know, I, <clears throat> I have, a, there's a kind of resonance to my voice that's still missing these days. And there's a, a kind of power to my speaking voice that's still kind of missing these days. So Sheldon, we're talking, you know, about Richmond is what kicked off my thought on this mm -hmm. topic, but this has not been, you, you already said, this has been six years of really dealing with this and coming from kind of my background, um, working with people you know, with, with, with mental health, but aging with, with physical health concerns that then impact mental health, because we know there's such a high, kind of cross between that mind and the body. One of the things that you, it really got me thinking about was this kind of like these, these shifts in narratives um, or these shifts in our value systems or our relationships with things. Um, the relationships in particular, knowing that, you know, magic has been a hobby of yours for most of, you know, its history. Mm -hmm. And you definitely, I would say, have there's been a shift that I would say has been noticeable, which is seeing your, your I guess, um, public facing, just much more of that. I don't know if the pandemic hastened that or changed that at all, or your illness. And I was kind of curious if there's been a change with your relationship with magic d due to your health. Well, I think, um, I think, in a practical sense, sure, because you have to go through treatment or, you know, you're not feeling well or, you know, any of a number of things that the illness brings. Um, and quite honestly, this recent, this, this recent um, growth is the first time that the illness itself has impacted me in the, um, in the nearly six years. Uh, the rest of it has been the treatment for the disease, you know, the, the rounds of radiation treatment and chemotherapy and immunotherapy and experimental drugs and whatnot, 
all of those have been the, the things that have sidelined me. Um, the, the disease hasn't yet or hadn't yet until this point. Um, so in a practical sense, yes, the, just dealing with having the, a, a disease, um, impacted my relationship with magic because it, it meant that I had fewer opportunities to play. Um, the pandemic certainly meant that I could, I didn't have to go anywhere. I could play from home, um, via, um, you know, via the web and whatnot. <clears throat> but, um, it just gave me fewer opportunities to play. I think emotionally, mentally, it may have strengthened my relationship with, with my hobby because, because it, it, it was an outlet, right? It, it was a, it was a thing that I could do, that I could love, that I could, um, that I could continue doing most of the things that I do, um, for, for magic. Uh, despite the fact that I was suffering, um, you know, I could still, I could still be, uh, the public face of the RC. I could still be a representative of magic. I could still be, you know, the, the advocate for, um, people from marginalized groups. Uh, you know, I could do all the things that I do. Um, so, from an emotional standpoint, I think, I think that things, thing, things may have changed, but they, but they no, nonetheless strengthened. And one of the major things here is the support of the magic community. The, the commander community has been amazing through my entire ordeal. And, um, there are days when that support alone has been enough to get me through. So I, I think that, that that change has been certainly for the better for the, for, well, not, not necessarily for the better, it, but that change has certainly been positive. Okay. And you were saying, you know, you mentioned kind of the, I know that you had talked before the, the treatment itself um, is been kind of what's knocked you on your butt um, mm -hmm. more, more often than not, you know, the, it sounds like what we know is that it was working, right? Like you've definitely had periods of remission where things have gone, you know, you've had a lot of shrinking. There's been, mm -hmm. obviously, without those treatment, it's hard to say that that would have happened. So the, well, without the treatment, without the treatment, I wouldn't be here today. So you're, For you're sure. ha yeah, you're having to choose to do the thing that, like you said, almost the, the, the thing that's causing the pain was staying well. Like the cancer itself has not been, what has been the, I guess, the main pain driving force. Correct. Is living with that as a diagnosis that you have been and, and seeing these with these setbacks been something that, I don't know, has changed anything for you when it comes to just what you're doing at this point, whether it be your own creation, writing? Well, I, I, I am proud of the fact that... Um... Going, yeah, like I said, we're going on six years. It was Thanksgiving, so we're, you know, five and three quarters years or so. Thanksgiving 2016, you got the diagnosis. Um, in that time, I have missed three articles for Star City. I've met, I've wow. met every, <laughs> every other deadline. 
Um, that's that's amazing to me. Like I, I just think of you and just trying to meet my own deadlines for this cast. <laughs> and the third, the third one, the first, the first two happened relatively early on, um, as I was sorting, sort of getting used to dealing with radiation treatment. Um, and it, I mean, it, it was brutal radiation treatment. It was, um, it was six treatments a week for a month for five weeks. It was 30 treatments. Um, and you know, it was a physical beating and you got to kind of get used to that. So the first two were early on. And then the last one was this trip to the hospital where I missed one. Um, I had, I actually had an, I had an episode in the can. Um, <laughs> the, the, from, from the day before, uh, cause it was a Tuesday and my deadline is Monday and I had met my deadline, um, despite feeling pretty crappy. Um, a year earlier, I also went to the hospital for four or five days around the same time of the year. Um, in fact, and had, had once again written one for the, on the day before I went to the hospital and wrote another one when I got out and I, you know, I hadn't skipped anything. Um, so keeping that connection has yeah. been super important to me. I right? say, is, it, but, is it giving you a focus in some ways? Well, I mean, my focus, my focus is, yeah, it, it's, it's given me a thing to focus on. The, the focus has been, keeping myself um, mentally and emotionally healthy. Um, the, the, you know, the, the, the writing um, and to some extent, the, you know, the, the sort of um, functioning as an RC member have been tools that have helped me, you know, stay in a good emotional spot, in a good mental spot. Um, they've, they've been, part of the thing that I turned to when I needed to, to get through, you know, on a, on a tough, on a tough day. You know, there, there are some days, there are some days when it, it's okay. And, and I really, I want to say this to anybody who's sort of suffering from any kind of condition, whether it's physical or emotional or mental, there are, there are days when it's okay to not have a, combative mindset there are days when it's okay to just let let go and relax and take care of yourself i think that i think it's generally unhealthy in the bigger picture to give up to surrender but um in the onesies and twosies uh, you know i feel like crap today i'm not going to do anything except lay here um and watch NYPD blue reruns. I, I think that's okay. As a matter of fact, that's probably um, very healthy for you. It, it kind of brings up the difference between um, pain and suffering. Um, so a, a concept that kind of work with people on when it comes to talking about acceptance uh, or, you know, which is just one philosophy that people do use with kind of mental health um, and physical health, right? It's not to... Mm -hmm accept things acceptance doesn't mean that you're seeing things as you want them to be or that you're okay with what where they're at right you can feel pain mm -hmm. 
Um, yeah. It's the it's when you get to the suffering or the wallowing. So it's not entering a swamp. It's getting midway through the swamp and then just kind of staying there that becomes more of an issue. Uh, pain, giving yourself a day off is acknowledgement that you're you are still trying to move forward through it. And I think that's something that we don't always give ourselves permission for. Um, I say this as somebody who, you know, you and I missed our recording last week in part because I had an increase in my own kind of creative symptoms were, or my creativity was feeling just my depression was kicking my ass. Like I was knocked down between family and that. And I felt incredibly guilty, right? Like I, I, I still have that mindset of, you know, should statements that can pop up in my head of things I should be doing and not even feeling that I would be letting you down. Right. It was just more, well, I did, I didn't actually believe that was true. Um, but my brain still kind of went there. And I think of that idea that like, I have to be able to say that it's okay to have those days, as you said, um, that I'm just going to watch really like reruns are something that are very comforting for me. I, I really appreciate you saying that, uh, because I can just have them on and I need that. And the intentionality to then choose though, that I'm going to get an article out, I'm going to get an episode out mm -hmm. gives a little bit better structure. It feels like to me, to, to you for your days. Cause for one thing, I, you're also retired, right? I mean, like for you're, you're a house husband, correct? Like kind of like I would, my goal and my dream in life. That's, like, that is correct. <laughs> like, but I mean, you, you, you have free time and when you have free time coupled with something like a chronic condition, there are a lot of different pathways you can choose to go down. Yes. Some of them not good. Yeah. I mean, um, there are definitely, you, you have choices to make. And I think that that is one of the things that is really important to me. Um, one of the things that I've seen, I think this has always been part of your hobby and always been part of your love of the game is like you said, kind of trying to find different voices to prop up. It does seem like there's been, and, and I could be wrong. It could be my just optics of it, that there's been more intentionality for how you as an RC member and, and you as a straight white male are, are doing that. Um, I think it, it's been more coincidental than anything. Um, maybe it's maybe I've had the time to, to have a little more reflection and say, um, you know, what am, what, what am I doing with my time? And, um, you know, facing your own mortality will, will tell you a thing or two about, not just tell you about yourself, but tell you about the, the things that you want. And, it's, you know, the things that you both want out of, um, the world and the things that you want to do. Um, and, you know, I'm a big believer, uh, actually in being a person that doesn't focus on what they do but who focuses on who they are. Um, and then the things that you do will, will naturally follow from that. Um, but you know, it, it makes you think about the, it makes you think about the world that you're in and, um, and to some extent it makes you think about, it makes you think about your legacy. And, um, you know, I'm, it's my full intention to one be around for a long time, but two, when I do leave, to leave this place better than I found it. And um, I think using the using the um, the megaphone that I have 
for positive things and to lift up the the other part of the community is is a responsibility i i, I think the the real the real thing that it comes down to is i think that those of us who are capable and what you know whatever you take capable to mean whether it's resource capable or <clears throat> or uh, personality capable capable or whatever or privilege capable those of us who are capable have the responsibility to lift up um everyone around us and um and there was i i will say there was a sort of moment where i was like this is what i'm going to do with my time not i wouldn't call it i wouldn't call it epiphanous because it's not like i changed my belief system in any way it was that i changed how i was spending some of my time it changed how i was going to how i was going to use the privileges that i have um for the benefit of our community and the the big thing to me is in that you also have to be very very careful because i never want anything that i do to be misinterpreted as shining a spotlight on myself well anything that i do in this regard um <laughs> shining a spotlight on myself i don't this is not a, an exercise if we were in, if we were talking pairing wines you're allowed to do it right you're like right I, I'll give you that permission or, you know, there's, there's other elements in your life that you are happy to do that with. Right. I, I never want this to be about, look at me, how woke I am. Um, so it's, I think there, you really have to find a, um, a delicate balance of speaking up when you need to and shutting up most of the rest of the time and letting, letting, the people whose voices need to be amplified get amplified. Let them do the talking. Just provide the provide the martial stack for them to do it on. You know, you you brought up facing your own mortality, and that was one of those topics that to me is, you know, we use that a lot of times for for people when trying to figure out if they struggle to know what their value system is to to almost ask like, what would you want to be your legacy what would you want to be on your headstone you know it's a way to to make it kind of feel real to people if they're trying to look at you know what is it what does it mean if what is my legacy what am i kind of leaving if i if and when i do leave um because unfortunately so far in my understanding of how humanity works is we don't get out of here alive um <laughs> you know my goal may be to live forever and i'm doing so far so good but i also anticipate that 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 may not be the case and you know i i, I bringing up mortality is not a comfortable thing to do right like i was even thinking in my mind okay like is there an element to that and so i'm glad that you at least opened the door for me to walk through a little bit i mean you've talked about it did mean contemplating it is that mean that it's been something that is a constant contemplation or just this brought it a little bit more to the forefront than maybe it was for you previously yeah i mean i, I wouldn't call it, definitely wouldn't call it a constant contemplation but it it informs thought processes it it um you you have to be you have to be constantly aware that it's there and 
you're right that everybody's condition is terminal. Um, some of us may just be on a, an accelerated timeline. Uh, or, or, you know, for those of us who believe in medical science, maybe not. Um, you know, I still believe that my job, my job is to survive until the next breakthrough that might find a cure and then survive to the next break breakthrough that might find a cure and survive and survive and survive. You know, that, that that's my job. Um, the other part will take care of itself. Um, that, you know, the, uh, it, it, I'm sure it's a line from a country song somewhere, <laughs> but um, the dying is easy though. It's the living that's hard. Uh, so you have to, you have to understand it. You have to let it be what it's going to be. And then like most bags of bricks that we carry around with ourselves, put it down. Right? There, you just, you gotta, you, sometimes you just gotta let it go. And um, it was about a year and a half ago, it really, like, obviously when you first get diagnosed, it's all you can think about. Um, but eventually, uh, with, with help from friends and mental health professionals and and family and loved ones and and um, spectacular partners, you know, it's not all we think about. We think about the, we think about the living. Um, we focus on enjoying the things that we have um, to enjoy. But about a year and a half ago, um, Gretchen, uh, my wife, put in some some paperwork for her company, who is great. Uh, they have they have a family caretaker leave program and it gives her, you know, X number of days a year to take care of me, whether that is in, you know, in onesies and twosies taking me to appointments or, um, you know, in larger chunks, if I need more intense care, you know, she could take a month off or whatever um, on this program. Um, but she had to file some paperwork and, um, we had to get the doctor's signature on it, you know, you know, what, what's the condition. And, um, when we got the paperwork back from the doctor, it said it there, it said it there in pretty bold letters, stage four terminal throat cancer. And, um, you know, that's the thing that'll make you sit up. And, uh, you know, we both kind of looked at the paper and I think we both kind of had the same thought. And once again, it was, okay, this is a thing. We have to deal with it. We have to, we have to make sure that we, we, we can't just dismiss it. You have to actively deal with it emotionally, whether, you know, however it is that you deal with it, um, through the help of, again, through the help of a network of people. But then you just have to, you, you have to focus on the things that you want to focus on. And I don't want to, I don't want to ever focus on, um, poor me, right? I don't want to, if I have a limited amount of time left, I want to, I want to spend it doing things I enjoy, not being miserable. So, um, you know, it, 
it is a wake up, but um, to to some extent, it is a it's an opportunity. It's an opportunity to see the world that you want to live in and work toward making it so. I mean, I was thinking like before before kind of uh, the pandemic at the very least, but even before this, before your diagnosis. How much did you travel for events? I mean, and then, oh my, yeah. Well, um, you also were judging, so I understand that there's. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I retired from judging in 2011, and I retired from coverage in 2013 to go back to school. So, so for a few years leading up to, even a few years leading up to the pandemic, I hadn't traveled as much because I was going back to school and you know, getting a couple of degrees. Uh, uh, so my, my travel had been cut into quite significantly already. But yeah, I mean, for the most part, I spent two decades in magic or a decade and a half in magic doing a hell of a lot of traveling. And, you know, I, I, I've seen your name popping up at events again, right? Featured guest, you know, it's, it's been, and, 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 it, it appeared to me that, you know, part of this is you're trying to find, you know, you want to return to this. And it sounds like, as you're saying, it may mean that it's different in the sense of you may not have the stamina to be on site for 12 hours a day, <laughs> uh, talking to people and playing games and that. But it sounds like it's important to you to still be seen at these events, to still be engaging with the community. It's super important. Um because uh, you know the the this is a community that I love, and it's a you know it's a thing that I love to do. So just because I can't do it the way I used to do it doesn't mean I don't want to do it at all. Uh, yeah, I, I I'm not gonna go twelve hours straight and maybe skip a meal and spend a lot of it on my feet or anything. Um, but I certainly had the opportunity. Uh, at the two events that I went to, um, Command Fest, Indianapolis, and Orlando, to spend a significant portion of the day in the hall, you know, where the organizer wanted me to be when they asked me to, <laughs> to be one of the guests. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I'll say that both Alan Hockman um, of Pastimes and uh, Jerry of um, Cool Stuff were great about saying whatever you need. And uh, there were even a couple of times that Alan in Indianapolis, Alan walked me back to my hotel room just to make sure that I was okay. Uh, and, you know, so, okay. Instead of spending 12 hours in the hall, I spent, you know, I spent seven or eight. Um, that's still a full day. And that's still enough time to, get in amongst the the commander community. Um, and I draw a lot of energy from being amongst those, those people who are the commander community is the best. There's just, <laughs> I, I, I can't, I, I can't put too much of a shine on it because the commander community is amazing and accepting and um, loving and supportive and you just you just feel like you want to give back and um fortunately i have the opportunity to 
Well, I was thinking, you know, that so one of the people in the in the in, in the Goblin Lore Discord was talking about, you know, like living in in South Dakota, where you know it's very much a what pandemic kind of mindset and how difficult it's been for you know with lack of access. And I know I know that access has been thankfully something that you you do have, right? You know that, and I think that the, as you said. A reason to use what capabilities you have, whether it be privilege or just the fact that you do have access to be talking about these things. Because I thought about the fact of when you mentioned that you were going to be going to an event and and basically just kind of putting it out there of like, I, I if you're approaching me, I want you to have a mask on, um, yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, uh, I mean, has that played into just any of your decisions for events? Um. Well, I, I mean. Certainly, I'm immunocompromised. Um, to to some extent, my immune system is getting a boost because of the immunotherapy that I'm on. Yeah. But but then again, if my immune system worked perfectly, we wouldn't be in the situation. <laughs> yes. Right. Right. Um, so you know, the it's it's easy to it was an easy thing to say, hey. I you know I appreciate the any attention, but um, in order for you to do this, we have to take certain precautions. And you know that might be the case. That might be the case if we had never been through the pandemic and we were here. I might say, I uh, you know I might be limiting handshakes and hugs and whatnot, um, because you know the 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 risks for me are a little higher. Yeah. The reality of that, and I think that is something that, you know, is, is I started looking at just, you know, people with chronic health conditions and, and magic is that can make it very difficult. I'm thankful for having things like virtual as somebody who isn't very much. A, 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 I, I think I'm an extroverted introvert um, so that I, I do need that re cooling time. I actually spend a lot, but I, I do like to be around people. It made a huge difference to me to go to Richmond. Um having the options that we had to play online, the fact that I've been able to play with people like you and Scott and people that I had already moved away from in terms of where I lived, even geographically or events I could travel to, uh, seeing people move to that already made things, I think, a lot more accessible for for a large amount of people. Um, you know, and this is, I, I think, something that probably isn't going away, and I think that that's a good thing. Uh, I'm wondering how playing online has made a change for you or has been a difference for you. I, I, um, I remember you jumping on it really early. I actually remember, I think one of the first times I, I, I played with you, I actually got a webcam so I could play out a game with you as you were kind of testing out the waters. And so, yeah, I mean, I, you were I, looking even before the pandemic to do this. Yes. Yeah. We were, we were doing, we were, we were doing this or I got it. I got into doing it relatively early because the queen of early adopters, Olivia yeah. Gobert Hicks, was there. <laughs> right? Yeah, and right. She, and and she, you know, she had invited me on. And the other person that that was the that was an early adopter that I think doesn't get a lot of credit for it is Jeremy Knoll. And and he was doing it early and invited me on. So so we got in early, um, and uh, you know it provided an outlet. Um, to play because, because again, um, Gen Con, um, 
2019? Yeah, Gen Con 2019 was the first time that the four RC members had been in the same room together since 2012. Three wow. of us had, three of us had been together at numerous times. Obviously, Scott and Toby have been, you know, have visited the house numerous times. You know, famously, Toby put his life aside for several weeks to come take care of me so that Gretchen can go back to work. Um, and then Scott picked up the, you know, Scott picked up the, you know, the, the next rotation of that. And, um, and the two of them had been to events with Gavin, but yeah, the four of us hadn't been in the room together. So, uh, for, for seven years and, um, it gave us the opportunity to just play together, to just experience the, the sort of simple joy of playing together. Uh, and it let us play with people that we may not have ever gotten an opportunity to play with or reconnect with people that, that we hadn't seen in forever. Um, you know, like yourself. And, uh, the, I think that, I think that during the pandemic, for sure, Commander saved magic and spell table saved commander. Yeah. I mean, our initial and, setups of trying to use Discord, mm -hmm. just not having dedicated software. I mean, I remember at one point Discord did an update fairly early on in the pandemic and it moved from the, the a four square, right? It had moved to like a three and one. Um, or, you know, it wasn't, you couldn't really do a layout that was conducive to people whose mindsets are playing in a square or or you know just for me spatially i always struggled when mtgo moved away from being able to do a, a two and two so yeah spell tabled i i think having dedicated software uh that's only gotten better um it, it it's been for me the, a way to revitalize i do think it's changed the way that i play commander which is an interesting piece um this is kind of a field from what we were initially like, discussing. But. You mean like taking villainous wealth out of your deck? Changing how you play? I, I mean, I definitely am somebody who played a lot of like cloning and steel type effects. Um, and I think that was kind of a way that I like to play. But even just knowing that I don't, I'm not going to get as many games in for, for me uh, in the course of, you know, it, a game... I'm not sure the game lengths have lengthened other than the fact that it's it's being streamed so there is an element of entertainment or an element of interacting that is different than what I would play in a store. But I, I also am not going to get in four or five games in a night. So if a game falls flat or a deck does something that, that just didn't feel well, it was very easy for me to just pick up another deck and start a new game. And I find that to be a little bit harder. So I do definitely think it's changed what decks I might play or what cards I may choose based on the fact that I know that I'm only going to get in one or two games. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it, it does take a little longer to play out, I think, but um, it's better than not playing at all. And that's what I mean. Yeah. Right. And that's what I just, I've been interested to see if it, how it's affected people's deck building or uh, card selection. Um, and I think it's just something that's a very fascinating kind of question. Yeah. It's certainly, certainly I've, I've, either put placeholder cards in or taken out cards that um to some extent not completely um that that 
that steal things, especially cloning, is fine because we have infinite tokens. But um, but especially stealing uh, can get really really awkward uh, on a spell table board. So um, searching libraries and searching right, searching other people's libraries. You know, it's it's meant less gaunty Lord of Luxury, which is sad for everybody. <laughs> um, but the yeah the idea the idea of um, building decks without those cards is certainly something that's come home. It's like, oh, I'd love to put, no, let's not do that until. Um, I think we're getting into the until times. Uh, so that's nice. Uh, but yeah, for the, for the most part, uh, it, it changed in that way. I'm not sure it changed significantly in other ways. Okay. That was one of those, right? Like that's not even really related to the topic. I just, it's been on my mind <laughs> and I have you here. So it's kind of like a captive audience kind of situation. I like to pick brains. Here so, I am. Yeah. So we kind of, I think we've hit on most of the main things that, you know, that I, I was thinking of. I really wanted to kind of, it, it was to discuss mainly legacy to discuss really to me, intentionality and decision-making that comes along with, a diagnosis or a chronic health condition that can really, there are choices to be made, as we said, right? Like you, you have chosen to keep going towards goals and it is very easy to, to not, I mean, a lot of people don't, a lot of people can end up choosing to shut down. And I think hearing about why that is to me is an important discussion for us to be having outside of health conditions, but just in general, people to analyze their value system because events like this is it, it oftentimes ends up being for some a, a like complete just shift in that or a shift in priorities and in part it's because they maybe haven't thought about it beforehand um you're a pretty thoughtful person so it's more been the execution i think more than anything is yeah, what I i'm hearing i don't i don't think i'm doing anything different i'm just doing more of some things Right, I'm. I'm not. I'm not doing something that I might not have done previously. It's just that um, that I've ramped up in certain areas, and um, and I believe, I, I believe that um, again, I I have a you know I have a magic legacy, and um, I have a commander legacy, and I want I want to make sure that they that they're intact. And one of the ways, certainly for Commander, to do that is help find the next generation of people who are going to do what I've been doing. And whether, you know, whether I'm gone tomorrow or 20 years from now, I, I mean, I, that's something I want to do. Right. I, I, and I think that the I think the appropriate time to legacy shop is when you're on top. Not when you're on the, <laughs> is not when you're on the decline. You don't want to ride this out. Nope. Okay. Nope. Uh, I think that I think that bringing along. I mean, the the great thing is I have the luxury of being able to bring along tomorrow's leaders, and not necessarily go anyplace myself. Right. It's not like it's not like that. Um, you know, I'm the. Um, the NORAD commander and finding my replacement means I got to move along. Uh, 
I can I can find my replacement and still hang out. Well, Sheldon, I just wanted to say, you know, thank you for coming back or for being on the show. This is the first time we've actually ever had you on, which is kind of criminal. Um, but I, I really appreciate it. You know, one of the things that I love is that the, one of the things that doing this show has allowed me to do is get to connect with people that mean a lot to me that in the community that I've that I have made these friendships with that you were discussing a lot of, I think, earlier on, um, you know, with me being kind of a, a father at this point and being early career in some ways, you know, my, my ability to travel is kind of almost a, a little bit of a, an opposite trend of yours where you've kind of mentioned, you know, I mean, obviously prior to this, when your, your job was magic and you were judging, you were traveling for that. But I mean, traveling for just events is not something that's in my ability to do. So being able to sit down and use my magic time to talk to people like you is just always something that I'm very grateful to have. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. I, you know, I always enjoy our chats. Yeah. So do you want to let people know where they can find you and the rules committee? Yeah. Um, you can find me by my name on uh, Facebook and on Twitter. Um, that's Sheldon Mennery. If you, if it's not in the show notes somewhere. Um, it will be. Yep. There'll be a link. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, you can, you can find me every Thursday on StarCityGames.com writing about this here Commander, the best format in the history of Magic. And you can find me nearly all the time uh, on the Commander RC Discord. Uh, if you go to mtgcommander.net, bottom of the landing page, there's a link to our server. Come on, join the 7,000 friends that we have that uh, talk about Magic and other things. We have... Um, we have channels dedicated to high-minded things like for the philosophy of the format. And we have off-topic things like TV and film and food and, uh, and other games. So um, it's the place in one of those channels on the RC Discord is where you're most likely to find me. I was going to say, I, it is... I love that Discord because of how active it is and the fact that you are in there... Um, fighting the good fight i mean being willing to engage people I, and i think that is something that we need just i think your willingness to take on that face role um and moving that over to something like discord where people have access to you so that i don't have to look at my local facebook groups and hear how cards were banned because you were beaten by it in a home game so yeah, right. it's nice having a discord server where people can can find you where people can yell that directly at me yeah yeah so yes because yeah I'd prefer it that way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, thank you, listeners. I, I am Hobbs Q. I can be found on Twitter at Hobbs Q. And then all the links for the Goblin Lore are in our link tree, which are attached to the show notes. So treat everybody well. And that's our show for today. You can find both of the hosts on Twitter. Hobbs can be found at Hobbs Q. And Alex can be found at Mel underscore Chronicler. Feel free to send us any questions, comments, thoughts, hopes, and dreams to Goblin Lore Pod on Twitter or email us at goblinlorepodcast at gmail.com. If you would like to support your friendly neighborhood gobslugs, to our link tree on our Twitter account and list it in our show notes. This has everything from our discounts for the Grinding Coffee Company to our Patreon. The music for today's show was by Vindergotten, who can be found at vindergotten at badcamp.com. The art was done by Stephen Raphael, who can be found at Steve Raffle on Twitter. 
Goblin Lore is proud to be presented by Hipsters of the Coast as part of their growing Vorthos content. Check them out on Twitter at HipstersMTG or online at HipstersOfTheCoast.com. Thank you for listening. And remember, goblins, like snowflakes, are only dangerous in numbers. <laughs>